This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. This is Ronald Coleman inviting you to radio's most dramatic half hour, Favorite Story. There's one surefire way of spotting the devil. Uh, in case you should have the misfortune of running into him on a trolley car or in the bleachers at a ball game, the devil has no shadow. None. Stand him up beside a good hundred-watt bulb and there won't be darkness on any side of old Nick. Now, you can imagine that this shadowless condition causes the devil a great deal of embarrassment. And you can also imagine that there would be almost nothing old Satan wouldn't do in order to correct this uh, sad omission. Which brings us to our favorite story for this week. The strange and staggering account of the man who sold his shadow to the devil. This fantasy was dreamed up by a German botanist with the incredible name of Louis Charles Adelbert von Hamiso. And it was selected as the favorite story of one of America's greatest poets. The distinguished man of letters, Mr. Robert Frost. So, here it is. Robert Frost's favorite story, The Man Who Sold His Shadow to the Devil. No, 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 no! But, sir... Mina and I are in love. We want to be married as soon as possible. You don't have very good ears, Peter. I said no. I can't believe you'd stand in the way of your daughter's true love. Oh, yes, I would, Peter. I'd stand in your way. Tell me, how much money have you got in round figures? Well, very little. Uh, how little? Nothing. You see, my daughter must be provided for. Can't have her trotting off to the altar with every bumpkin who announces himself as her true love. I'm not ashamed of being poor. Together, Mina and I can make our way. And what about me? You? Yes, me. My daughter's a beautiful woman. A negotiable asset, I think the bankers would say. When she falls in love, it will be with someone who can take excellent care of her. And me. What about her happiness? Happiness, Peter, is round, shiny, golden... Makes a sound like this. Money man. Poor, selfish. And practical, Peter. You're beginning to bore me. Do you mind leaving? Sir, I have never been so insulted. Good day to you. Good day. Oh, one other thing, Peter. Yes. You will make me ecstatically happy if I never see you again as long as I live. Then what did he say? He called me a bumpkin. And he said I bored him. And he ordered me out of the house. Oh, that's father. Oh, Mina. 
We can't let him ruin everything for us. Let's be married anyhow. Peter, how can we? What would we live on? If I only had some money or a position. Peter, you're going to get one. One what? A position. How? Socially. Socially? Other people get positions that way, Peter. Positions that pay good money. And if you're making good money, Father won't object to you. You know Father. Yes, I do. I know. I know just what we'll do. We're going to a party tonight. Where? At the big house on North Street Hill. I read about it in the paper. A Mr. Uh, Mr. Jones is giving it. I think that's his name. He's dreadfully rich, Peter, and he must have hundreds of good positions to give away just for the asking. And you'll ask him for one tonight. But, but darling, we weren't invited to the party. Peter, if we hold our heads very high and act very cold and very rude, who will know us from the invited guests? <laughs> Exciting, darling. The violins, the jewelry, all the beautiful people. Mina, that man over there, he's looking at us strangely. He's looking at everybody strangely. Stop worrying, Peter. All the same, Mina, I'd rather... Oh, look. There's a count. A count? Nobility, Peter. A real-life count. And a baron. And a duke. You realize a duke is almost a prince? Oh, wouldn't it be heavenly to be a princess? I'd be quite happy if I was just a plain, everyday count. Peter. Hmm? There's Mr. Jones right by the staircase. It's his party. Darling, let's go home. Oh, Peter, Peter, Peter. If you love me, if you want to marry me, you'll march right up there to Mr. Jones and tell him to give you a position. It's our only hope. All right, Mina. I'll do it. Because I love you. I'll be right behind the banister listening. <laughs> and then, Your Excellency... The old man turned to the fish peddler and said... Uh, Mr. Jones? Uh, no, he said... Uh, uh, who are you? I've got to talk to you. I'm telling the baron a story. This is very important. I want a position. You do? A good position with good pay. Well, doesn't everybody? <laughs> I'm, I'm very serious, Mr. Jones. Yes, yes, I can see that. Well, tell me, young fellow. What can you do? Oh, uh, anything and everything. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't hire you if you were the last man on earth. Why not? Because you're stupid and a bumblehead and because you spoiled my story. <laughs> now, as I was telling you, Baron, <laughs> the old man turned to the... Mina... Uh, Mina, oh, there you are. I'm... I heard what Mr. Jones said. Mina, I'm sorry. I heard everything. I... Mr. Jones is right. Father's right. You are a bumblehead, and you'll never amount to anything as long as you live. Oh, Mina, my precious darling. Now, don't you start saying nice things to me, Peter. It won't do you any good. I've made up my mind. You needn't trouble yourself calling on me anymore. I won't care to see you. Good night, Mr. Nobody. Mina! I'll see myself home, don't you, Father? Oh, Mina... You can't just go away and leave me. I've been watching you. What? I say, I've been watching you. Uh, I know. I, I don't belong here. I, I wasn't invited. I'm going now. I wasn't invited either. I... You weren't? I just came. <laughs> so did I. I've been watching you, Peter. How do you know my name? I've been listening, too. 
How can Jones be so cruel to you? So harsh and unkind? Do you know Mr. Jones? I've had my dealings with him, and I can assure you without fear of contradiction that Mr. Jones is a man without a soul. It isn't just his being rude to me. It, it's that I've, I've lost Mina. Such a fine girl. She is a fine girl. And I love her with all my heart, and she loves me. But I have to make some money and prove myself to her. Peter, I think I can be of some help to you. Can you find me a position? Some very profitable work? <laughs> I have gained quite a reputation for my ability to find work for idle hands. Peter. Peter, please. Stand there, away from the wall. I don't quite... Understand. There, there in the clear moonlight. Oh. Oh, it's beautiful. Just stand there in the moonlight, Peter. And let me look at it. Let me drink it in. So clean and sharp and black. I don't understand. Peter, I want to buy your shadow. You want to... Oh. oh, you're making a joke with me. What's the matter? Isn't your own shadow good enough for you? <laughs> it's very cruel of you to laugh. Many years ago, I had an unfortunate accident, and it was necessary to... to amputate my shadow. Look here. Here, when we stand side by side in the moonlight. Two of us standing here. But only one shadow. Yes. Isn't it dreadful? <laughs> Not really, of course. It's it's just a whim of mine wanting a shadow. I I don't know what earthly use it would be. You can't eat it or wear it. You can't even talk to it. I suppose after a while it even gets to be something of a nuisance following you around. How can you take my shadow? Don't ask questions, Peter. But rest assured that once you give your permission, I can transfer your shadow as easily as we might exchange a pair of shoes. What will you give me for it? I believe you mentioned something about needing money to satisfy your sweetheart and impress her father. Yes, yes. I advise you to shield your eyes, my friend, when you gaze into this velvet bag, which I happen to be carrying beneath my greatcoat. Here. Gold. A whole satchel full of gold. Yes. Run your hand through it, Peter. It must be a fortune. Only a fortune? <laughs> Much more than that. Watch. There. And there. Stop. It's plain sinful to throw gold away like that. We wouldn't want to do anything sinful, would we? Peter, open the velvet bag. What do you see? It's still full. Full to the brim. Yes. My friend, I am offering you an endless supply of gold. All the money, all the riches a man ever possessed. For no matter how much you spend from this velvet bag, it will never be empty. Yours, Peter, if you give me your shadow. I... I don't know. Think what this means. A castle, Peter, rich clothes, a title if you like. Wealth can make you a nobleman. All yours, Peter, if you give me your shadow. A castle and a title. Think what it will buy. Respect from men like Jones. The admiration of Mina's father. The hand of the lovely Mina herself. Yours, Peter, if you give me your shadow. 
It doesn't seem right. Right? What has your shadow ever done for you? Has it brought you honor, fame, distinction, love? No, it has changed you to the earth, this shadow. Be done with it, Peter, and claim the happiness which belongs to you. Yours, the instant you give me your shadow. Take the shadow and give me the purse. Done. There's my part of the bargain. And now, Peter. Now, if you will just stand where you are in the moonlight. That's fine. I grasp your shadow firmly above the shoulders. And I tug gently at first to loosen it. And then I pull. And My size. <laughs> look, look how it follows me around. I'm its master. It has to do everything I do. Oh, at last, at last, I have a shadow. And I have a bottomless purse of gold. <laughs> yes, you have a bottomless purse of gold. <laughs> you poor fool. <laughs> we'll continue now with the second act of Favorite Story. Chosen for us by the great American poet, Mr. Robert Frost. It would seem offhand that our friend Peter had made himself a rather good bargain in selling his shadow to the devil. But there is a well-founded rumor, I believe, that contracts with the Prince of Darkness have an unfortunate habit of turning into boomerangs. Let's find out what Peter's doing now with his bottomless purse of gold. <laughs> something slow. Very good, Mr. Peter. Bendel? Bendel! Where are you, Bendel? Coming, sir. Coming, Mr. Peter. You'll have to be more punctual, Bendel. I demand punctuality from my servants. I understand, Mr. Peter. I was merely following your orders. I was in the East Chamber counting the gold. And how much did you find? In the East Chamber, 15,412 florins of pure gold. And in the West Chamber? In the West Chamber, 18,940 guilders of pure gold. And the velvet satchel still full to the brim. Fiddler! A waltz! Yes, Mr. Peter. Mr. Peter. I don't like the sound of that. Any poor bumblehead of a farmer's son can be a mister. I want a title. Uh, Bendel. Uh, yes, Mr. Peter. Go buy me a title. I beg pardon, sir. There must be a hundred bankrupt noblemen who would gladly exchange a tattered coat of arms for the gold in my east chamber. Well, Bendel, what are you waiting for? Go buy me a title. Uh, yes, sir. Whatever you say, sir. <laughs> 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 
Fiddler. Yes, Mr. Peter? Play me something with majesty, pomp, magnificence. Something fitting to nobility. Very well, sir. But I am only one fiddler. I am rich. Why should I not have two fiddles? Five fiddles. A whole orchestra. Dear, dear boy, Mina and I are delighted about your good fortune. Delighted. You mean uh, you would no longer stand in the way of our marriage? Oh, now, whatever gave you that silly idea? Mina loves you, and I wouldn't think of interfering with her happiness. Of course not. Where is Mina? Well, I brought her here to see you. She's waiting in the hall. I'll go to her. As for you, sir, you are beginning to bore me. Huh? Do you mind leaving? Well, I... And you'll make me ecstatically uh... happy if I never see you again as long as I live. Well... My, my, my dear Peter. Now you can I... get out. Good day. Uh, good day to you, Peter, sir. <laughs> oh, Mina, my darling, my precious. Why, what's wrong with father? He ran past me like a frightened rabbit with his hat on backwards. I must have frightened him. No matter. He approves of our marriage now, darling. So there's nothing to stand in our way. That is, if you still want me. Oh, Peter, you know I want you. I always have. I always will. Darling, Nina, we must make our plans. When will the wedding be? Tonight? Tomorrow? Oh, so soon? Why not? Come out in the garden, my sweet, and your husband will pick you a bridal bouquet with his very own hands. Oh, oh the flowers are lovely, Peter. It seems a pity to pluck them away from their warm sunlight. What difference does it make? I have gold enough to buy the sun itself. Peter, where did it come from? Where did you get this fortune? Uh, an inheritance, sir. Uh, a distant relative. Oh, darling, I'm so happy. Aren't we the luckiest people in the whole world? The luckiest. And by far the richest. Peter, isn't that curious? What, dear? Why, there doesn't seem to be any shadow where you're standing. No shadow! Now, what do you suppose would cause that? Uh, I don't know. Don't tell me you're a magician of some sort. Peter. What's wrong? You look pale. Get in the house. But I... In the dark. We must get out of this cursed sunlight. Uh, 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 that's better. Why, what's wrong with you, Peter? Nothing. Nothing. Out there in the garden. Why didn't you cast a shadow? Because I don't have a shadow. You have no shadow. Only the devil has no shadow. Oh, Mina, you're wrong. The devil has a shadow. He has mine. I bought you a title, sir. Uh, you're a count now, and everyone must call you Count Peter. Will that make her love me, Bendel? Will that make her come back? Who, sir? My bride, my precious Mina. She's horrified at the sight of me. Bendel, you must run another errand. Yes, Count Peter. Go to the hotel. Find a stranger, if he's still there. What name he goes by, I don't know. A man with a black cloak, black eyes, a pointed beard. Find him, Bendel. Find him and send him to me. (laughs) 
sir. Nobody knows where this... I'll see who that is. No, I don't want to see anyone. Well... You can't come in. My master won't see anyone. It's all right, then. It's Mina's father. Well, sir, what do you want? I want to see if it's true. What are you talking about? It's so dark in here, Peter. So terribly dark. Do you always keep your curtains drawn like this? Stay away from there! Stand where you are. Or are you afraid the afternoon sunlight won't make a shadow for you? Pull back the curtain! So, it is true. You have no shadow. Get out of here. It's a pleasure. Before night, the town will know about this. The whole town will know what an unnatural devil you are. Broken every window in the house, Bendel. Yes, sir. Bendel, look at me. Hold the lamp high and look at me. Well, do I frighten you? Yes, you do, sir. I say that you're in league with the devil, sir, and it terrifies me. I have no friends left. I might as well be dead. Bendel, take what money there is, get out of here, before they kill you, too, or burn you at the stake for being in league with me. Where are you going, Count Peter? I don't know. Yes, I do know. The crag by the big precipice. Surely in the world of shadows, there will be one left over for me. Such a high place. Such a far journey. Goodbye, Mina. Forgive me. Now, I wouldn't do that, Peter. You! Yes. I'm always around when there's a good bargain to be had. Now, before you jump, perhaps we can affect another little trade. What do you mean? How would you like your shadow back? How would I? Oh. You missed it, did you? Uh, I'll give you everything for it. The purse, all the money, everything. No need. You can keep the purse and have your shadow back, too. What do you want in exchange? A simple commodity, hard to find on the open market. You see, my young friend, some people collect coins or stamps or antiques. My hobby is slightly different. I collect second-hand souls, slightly used sometimes, but in good condition. Get away! Now, if you'll just sign this little agreement, I will transfer back your shadow in fine condition and completely renovated. This is the standard contract. Don't bother to read the small type. I, the undersigned, hereby transfer all rights to my soul, immortal and otherwise, etc., etc. Sign here. Get away, devil! I want no more of your trades! I never force a sale. The customer is always right. Uh, but, Peter, should you ever care to reconsider this transaction... You need only to rattle the purse, like this. See? Just a simple flutter of the wrist, and I'll be here in an instant. And 
we can make our jolly little trade, right? Oh, uh, and I wouldn't jump if I were you, Peter. You have no idea how a fall like that can reduce the trade-in value of your soul. <laughs> Peter, wait, don't! Mina! Spencer told me you were coming here. Peter, you mustn't. I love you. You love a man without a shadow. Oh, Peter. Oh, I can have a shadow easily enough. All I have to do is rattle this person. He'll give me back my shadow. And, and what must you give him? My soul. I'll go now, Mina. You'll never see me again. No, Peter. Stay with me. How can I? Wherever we go, I shall be mocked and abused. I don't care. No. No, there's another way. Let me rattle the purse, Mina. I shall have my shadow back and we will have a good life together. And your soul? Peter, I know what to do. You mustn't ever be tempted to call him back. How deep is this chasm? It is bottomless, they say. Give me the purse. No, Mina, don't throw it. There. No one will ever rattle it again. Do you know what you've done? Do you know what this means? Yes, darling. Mina, I'll never have a shadow now. If from now on we stand very close together, Peter, my shadow can belong to both of us. There's a moral to this story, you see. Under no circumstances should you be persuaded by the devil or any other clever salesman to trade in your shadow on a newer model. The young man who played Peter in our favorite story production was Sam Edwards, and the devil came to life in the person of True Bortman. I know you'll join with me in thanking our distinguished selector, Mr. Robert Frost, for choosing the man who sold his shadow to the devil as this week's favorite story. Next week, ha-ha, next week, Coleman has a chance to act. It's a character I've always been very fond of. The bad boy of the Middle Ages, Francois Villon. I'm looking forward to playing Villon in Robert Louis Stevenson's gripping short story, Lodging for a Night. It was chosen by author Frank Sullivan as his favorite story. We hope you'll be listening. 